morning and uh, welcome. A great day to be in worship and to share together. As you uh, can see, it's Red Sunday. Uh, you know, a lot of people are dressed in red. I I'm just like lightly red. I'm just barely there. But it's a great day for us to worship together, to share together on this uh, day when we celebrate uh, Pentecost. We want to say welcome to you, those who are joining us um, on our live streaming or maybe even picking this up uh, later on YouTube or Facebook. Glad that you are with us as we worship together and praise the Lord together and share together on this beautiful day. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil. We are at New Horizon, a United Methodist Church in, uh, in South Florida, and glad that you can worship with us today and join with us. Let us uh, come to our feet and praise God in song. We thank you, God, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you brought us together one more time. Things could be different, Lord, but because of your greatness and your mercy, Lord, you brought us again. And we thank you for that. And this is the day that we're going to praise you because we're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. We praise your name now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
may be seated. Good morning, I'm Pastor Lisa. If you'll bow your hearts and minds with me for this morning's prayer. God of all creation and all peoples, as we come before you to worship you this Pentecost morning, we offer thanks that you hold our hearts in yours and that you hear our prayers. Whether we speak with the eloquence of saints or with sighs too deep for words, ever grateful for your presence, we gather ourselves for prayer in this place as your disciples gathered on the day of Pentecost. Open our hearts to the power of your spirit that we might be a people refreshed in our dedication to you. Fire us up with courage to allow ourselves to be baptized anew this day as a new creation in service to you. Confirm in us a sense of what it means to be a people of faith, whether it be by listening with an open heart, visiting the homebound, offering a smile rather than a snarl, or praying for the needs of one another. Grant us the grace to allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, that we might live as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Let it be that by knowing us, others may know you. Through us, O oh God, let your kingdom come. We pray all of this as your Son taught us to. Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
All right. Every week we have a, a mission moment as part of uh, our worship because that's what we are. We're a mission-based church. A few weeks ago, we, come on up, ladies. A few weeks ago we had um, our uh, golf tournament and uh, silent auction for our Florida United Methodist Children's Home. Lucy and Carolyn were an integral part of that, and so they're going to come and share how that event went. <laughs> and I wanted to start with a few basic information. This is from the children's home. Their mission is to empower children and families to experience the transforming love of Christ through holistic care. And I want to share with you some numbers about the care that is provided. Statewide, as of the end of April, 32,331 children are in out-of-home care. Of that total, in Broward County and Palm Beach counties, we have over 3,000 children. The Children's Home served 200 children in 2020 within its ministry. Now, in 2021, the Foster Care Service has helped 17 children in those two counties, and New Horizon is a part of this ministry. Through our golf classic at Jacaranda on May 1st, we have a net proceeds of approximately $57,860. Now Lucy's gonna share with you more information about our other event. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Lucy Montoya, and I help with the silent auction as part of the whole set of the gold tournament. So this year was another success. We have a lot of very enthusiastic bidders that were bidding until the last minute, so they kept the silent auction alive. Uh, the proceeds that uh, Carolyn mentioned are $5,140. They are going to the Children's Foster Care for uh, here in Florida. So we have to give a big thank you to all the auction item donors, to all the people that donated money, to those bidders, and also to the team that put this together. Because we share this feeling at the end, this rewarding feeling that we are helping this noble cause. So another thing that I wanted to tell you, and this comes very appropriate, is last night I had dinner with my sister-in-law and we were talking about New Horizon, and she said, you guys are always doing something. And it's true. So what you see in the golf tournament and the silent auction, it's the end product. The planning for those events start late November or early December. So we have a team that is working in meetings and coordinations to get these events planned. So with that said, if you find it in your heart that this is something that you would like to help with, we hope to see you as part of the team for the next year's event. Thank you. Thank you. I want to add my thank you to, uh, to Carolyn and Lucy and their leadership for this uh, and the many other folks that uh, helped make this happen. Um, to put on a golf tournament, you would be surprised how many non-golfers it takes to, <laughs> to put on a golf tournament. And so we want to say thank you to all of those who helped to make that happen. We appreciate it so much. It is a great outreach and, and ministry and mission of our church 
to reach out into our community, our neighborhood, to put some loving on, on children and families and provide that holistic care that is such an uh, integral part of our Florida United Methodist Children's Home. I want to encourage you that if you want to know more, the Florida United Methodist Children's Home has a great web page and Facebook uh, place where you can find a lot of information about the home. Um, you can also find links to, uh, to that ministry through uh, the New Horizon uh, website. And like they said, you want to help for next year? You can help for next year. In fact, it's never too early to start being one of our sponsors for the golf event. And I want to say thank you to our sponsors. Um, those companies and individuals that have made that happen are just an integral part of this that really help us to bring the message and to bring a, a, a great strength to this ministry. So thank you to all of our partners uh, that have helped uh, make this event uh, happen and be just such a, a blessing. And watch for more to come. And like I said, every week there'll be more mission moments for us to, uh, to share in and to, to know in, and know ways we can be involved in mission and ministry in our community. So this is Pentecost Sunday. And so I want to share with you uh, some of Jesus' words from the Gospel of John that talk about the Holy Spirit. When the companion comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. These are words that Jesus is sharing with his followers in John chapter 15. You will testify too, because you have been with me from the beginning. But I have said these things to you so that when the time comes, when their time comes, you will remember that I told you about them. I didn't say these things to you from the beginning because... I was with you, but now I, am, I go away to the one who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Yet because I have said these things to you, you are filled with sorrow. I assure you, I assure you that it is better for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the companion won't come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, when he comes, he will show the world it was wrong. It was wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. He will show you the world was it show the world it was wrong about sin because they don't believe in me. He will show you the world was wrong about righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you won't see me anymore. He will show the world it was wrong about judgment because this world's ruler stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, but you can't handle it now. However, when the Spirit of truth comes, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He won't speak on his own, but will say whatever he hears and will proclaim to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and proclaim it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is why I said that the Spirit takes what is mine and we'll proclaim it to you. Amen and amen. O oh Lord, proclaim to us in this day.
Proclaim to us the good news of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Proclaim to us that help that we need in life. Proclaim to us the solemn message of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. So it's, uh, it's Pentecost Sunday. And I know that some of you have a tradition of Pentecost and you, you see the red and it's a red day and you wear red. Uh, a lot of people here are wearing red. I'm just kind of lightly red because I'm only part of the way there, I guess. But many of you might say, well, what in the world is Pentecost? Never heard of that before. You know, and if you look it up, it becomes just another date on a Hebrew calendar of some other smaller celebration, Penta celebrating these, those days, those um, 40 days after the Passover. And so, um, and so here uh, we have this day of Pentecost. And so what does that mean for us Christians? Well, what we like to, for it to mean is that historic event that happened in the Acts 2 passage because that's a sensational event. And we love the sensational part, right? We love the sensational stuff. We love how it, you know, the lights and the sound and everything. Because you see, in Acts chapter 2, the Pentecost story is right after Jesus has died and risen again. He's walked with the disciples, and now he's ascended into heaven. And the disciples are like, well, what do we do next? Where do we go? Jesus told us to wait for the Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, they're afraid. There's this fear because Rome has been, is ready to persecute against them and to, to work against them. And uh, the, the Hebrews, of course, don't want this new followers of the way interfering with their religion and their purity. And so, and so they're persecuting these followers of the way, these followers of Christ also. And so you find these disciples hiding out in an upper room, not knowing what to do. Jesus has already told them, go and be to my disciples and you know, make disciples and go into all the corners of the earth. But everybody's, you know, oppressing them or persecuting them, and they, they don't know where to go next, and they don't know what to do next, so they're literally hiding out in fear. And as they're hiding out in fear, they get the idea to pray, which is always a good idea, right? It's always a good idea to pray. And so they begin to pray. And in the midst of their prayer, here's where the signs and wonders, the miracles, you know, the light show begins. And all of a sudden, there's this sound, you know, this sound of, a, the scripture says, like the rush of a mighty wind. And this wind comes and begins to blow around them, and they don't know what's going on. It's a sensational story. And now there are tongues, they say, tongues of fire, these lapping tongues that come that begin to fill the space and to fill them and to move them. And they, they, they take this movement and this power to the crowds, and they begin to proclaim and to speak because they're filled with this power of this, this Holy Spirit, and it's this grand thing, but they're not just speaking and proclaiming. They're all of a sudden talking in languages that they never knew before. They're not speaking in their first language. They're speaking in a different language now. They're, they're speaking a language of somebody in the crowd that would understand that language. You see, Jerusalem is a, is, is a melting pot of cultures and places. It's a crossroads. It's a diverse place. And so people speak many languages. And so now they're speaking all the languages of, of Europe and of Africa and the Middle East. And people are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And the wind is blowing. And the red flames are going. And the power of the Holy Spirit is changing people's hearts and changing people's lives. It's a sensational story. There's conversions. There's hundreds of people that give their life to Jesus Christ. And the church, 
the movement has begun. It's a sensational story. We, we love the sensational story. But that's not the Holy Spirit that Jesus promises. It's an event in history that we want to remember and hold on to because of the power of God. But Jesus gives a promise of a little bit more because you see, there's this great moment, dramatic and sensationalized. But following Jesus in the real world, in real life, is really hard. It is really difficult. It's tough to follow this Jesus who says, in all things, no matter what comes your way, the first response is always love. And that's not what our culture teaches. That's not what our world teaches. Love first is a difficult thing because our, our culture, it wants to teach you about consumption. You know, gain more and get more. Our USA America capitalism is all about climbing and gaining and moving ahead and climbing up and doing for yourself and independence. Get more for yourself, and if you can't get it, litigate for it, right? Get even, get enough, get your share. And this follow Jesus thing, it's a counter-cultural movement. Then and now. If you read the entire book of Acts, there seems to be another story of Pentecost over and over again. And every time, it's a counter-cultural movement. And most of the time, it changes the economy of the area and creates riots. Following this Jesus thing is hard. Following Jesus is hard. The world, the culture will tell us one thing, and Jesus says, you know, it's going to be love first. You're going to love first. And God knows it's going to be hard for us, so God gives us these wonderful scriptures that, that Paul has written and others have written in the New Testament. Do not be conformed by the world, by the culture, but be transformed, renewed, made new, so that you can discern God's will. And here's a hint about discerning God's will. If you want to know what God's will is, you want a hint about it, I guarantee it is always about love. If you want to discern God's will, it's always about love. It's always about the other and focusing on the other. Genuine love, the scripture says. Genuine love. Outdo one another showing love. Outdo one another showing honor. Outdo one another showing respect. What if we made life a competition to see who could love more? Who could put others in, you know, before themselves more? You know, I, I counsel married couples with that all the time when I do premarital counseling. I said, look, just make your marriage a competition. Who can do more acts of love? You know, whoever can do more acts of love wins, you know, and you'll never fail at your marriage. Just keep showing love. You know, we have a culture that says, you know, well, don't murder. You don't want to kill anybody. But Jesus says, don't even let anger 
and hate get into your hearts. Jesus is going to take the law up a notch. You know, it's not just about, well, you're good because you didn't kill anybody. No, let's eliminate the anger and the hate and get that out of our hearts. Our culture will say, you know, love your family, you know, love your neighbor, take care of your neighbor. And Jesus is going to say, no, I want you to love those folks and even love your enemies. In fact, I want you to pray for your enemies. Pray for those who would hurt you, for those who would persecute you, for those who would work against you. I want you to pray for them to be blessed. You know, this following Jesus thing, it's hard. It's difficult. How are we going to do this? The love movement of Jesus is extreme. And here's the thing, we can't do it. We just can't. And Jesus knows this, that we can't do it. So you know what Jesus does? I'm going to give you a companion. I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you a guide. I'm going to give you that power that you don't have because you can't do this thing. And I'm going to give you that guide, that power, that constant companion to take you on this journey of life, of following after the way of love. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a constant companion to guide us through the journey of life. The Holy Spirit is this extreme power for extreme love like Jesus. Like Jesus. Not like the culture. Not like the world. Because, as the scripture says, the world gets it wrong. This work of the Holy Spirit, of moving along with us and giving us that power we need, it, we call it sanctifying grace. That's your big word for the day. It's your college term. It'll be on the SAT to get into school. You know, sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace. It's this grace of God, this love of God that sanctifies us, that makes us pure, that makes us holy, that, makes, that takes us on, as we talk about it in our Wesleyan movement of Methodism, takes us on to perfection. The power that carries us on to perfection. And I know what you're going to say. I can't be perfect. Right. You can't be perfect. You're right. You can't be perfect. But God can do anything, right? And if God can do anything, then God can make you perfect. God can make your brokenness whole. God can make your dirty, messy life clean. God can take your imperfection and make you perfect. The work of the Holy Spirit, the work of sanctifying grace, makes you right, makes you pure, makes you holy, makes you legit. That's what Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is your guide, walking you through the journey of this sanctification, this sanctifying grace and power that goes over you. Because we can't do it on our own. We need a constant companion. My wife and I, we love to go hiking. In fact, many of our vacations uh, where we go, we go hiking. And we, we love to hike. And so uh, one time, we, uh, when we went out to Oregon. Uh, Amy's family has, uh, has family out in Oregon. And we were going to hike 
in the Columbia Gorge, in that, in that gorge there. Beautiful place, beautiful location. And as we were reading up and preparing for that and getting ready to go and picking what trails we'd go on, found out that there had been a fire in a spot where we wanted to go. And so many of the trails were closed down because when a fire comes through, when, when you know, tough and difficult things happen and trees fall and burn up and all like that, the trail gets blocked and you can't find your way. And so they, you, know, you can't go there. But we did find one trail along there. It said, views are nice. The trail is still open and you can still go through this area. And so we thought we'd do it. I had, Rafe had the map. You know, Rafe read the map, read that you could go out and it's a little loop and you come back and you, you make it, you know, just follow the trail, follow the signs. We it was supposed to be a you know, nice little four or five mile little hike. We got our backpacks, our water, our snacks for the day because we were going to be back by lunchtime. You know, that was our plan. We got out there. The trail had been charred by the fire, but it was open, and we were walking along and walking along, and we get to a spot where I'm like, you know, at some point this trail has to go this way because it has to loop back. I know that it does, but we don't see it. And so we walk a little bit, and we check in. It's got to loop back. And so we decide to just keep pressing along on the, the big, wide trail that we see, right? You all know I'm not talking about hiking, right? Jesus said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. You know, sometimes things are metaphors, you know? So we get, keep going along the wide trail there, and I keep thinking, you know, the trail's got to loop back this way. That's what the map said. But every turn we came to kept going this way. It kept going this way. And we kept walking, we kept walking, and finally we got to a spot where the trail just completely stopped. We couldn't find our way. Leaves had covered the ground. So we was like, oh, we got to turn around and go back. So we turn around and go back. We get back to a, another point where, you, you know, it felt like something should have happened here. And there was a sign pointing the trail for us to make a complete hard bend U-turn. But the sign was charred. The tree was charred. It was hard to read unless you got right up on it and couldn't see it. We had lost our way. We ended up walking an extra two or three miles that day. We got back pretty doggone hungry and tired and sore, you know. Another time we went hiking. And understand, I'm not talking about hiking. Another time we went hiking. And um, this time, we, this past fall, we were in uh, the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains in northern Georgia. And uh, we went hiking. And uh, we wanted to stay on Mark Trail so we wouldn't get lost. And we stayed on the Mark Trails and... We found, we explored some things and found some things on our own. We went over bridges and saw beautiful trees in the fall and beautiful hike and, it, and got our exercise in. Trust me, hiking with my wife is exercise. Okay, we're moving. And so we're moving along and we're going and, and we stayed on our trail and it was a nice hike. But then another time, we went to this out-of-way little island called Dominica. This is more than a dozen years ago. Dominica is a little island in the, the Lesser Antilles of the Caribbean. It's a little bit of work to get there. And to get there, you fly on a plane to Puerto Rico. And then from Puerto Rico, you get on a smaller plane to go into this little island that's got just a little tiny airport. And so we get into this little tiny island. There's not all kinds of, at the time, there wasn't all these resorts and all that kind of stuff, but there was this eco-resort kind of lodge that picked us up in their little van and drove us around up and down and through, you know, all this little island that's all these mountains and hills and, and everything. And when I say hills, I mean like 9% grades up and down, 
you know, enough that you're getting motion sick, you know, riding in the car. You know, we get to the little place and we stay in an unair conditioned little um, uh, uh, treehouse kind of thing. You know, and, uh, and that's where we are. And so we tell them at the resort, says, we, we want to go hiking. We want to hike. He says, oh, yeah, you want to see this waterfall and you want to see this and you want to see that. I said, great, give me the maps. He says, do you really just want a map? Why don't you have a guide? And so we decided we'll take the guide, and we signed up with the resort, and we met a local person there who was a guide and, uh, and had worked, and he took us on the trail, and then we walked off of the trail, and you know what he helped us find? He helped us find the fruit of the cacao, and the fruit is very sweet, but you know what the cacao fruit is really known for? They toast the seeds up and do a whole lot of processing and make chocolate. We would have never seen that without the guide and shows us these waterways that we walk along and then we're climbing these uh, beautiful rock formations and then we come to waterfalls. On a couple of the hikes, there were these waterfalls with pristine pools that we got to swim in and on one occasion even climb a waterfall. On another hike, they, they took us and, and we, the guide takes us down this uh, trail and, and sends us down there where we find a boiling lake, the geothermic work underground made this big you know, chasm in the earth look like a lake that was always boiling and, and always pushing up to the top. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful hiking that we did, but the guides took us to places that we would have never experienced without the guide. You know I'm not talking about hiking, right? We need help. We need a guide. We'll get lost on our own. Things might be okay sometimes. But we need a constant companion who points the way. Jesus knew this and gave us this. A constant companion. Jesus is right. The world is wrong. The world was wrong. The world was wrong. The world was wrong. The culture is wrong. The scripture says that all over and over and over again. It's repeated. It was wrong. Jesus is right. And Jesus is right and sent the Holy Spirit to make us right. To reconcile us. To sanctify you and me. This constant companion. This guide. The Holy Spirit is not solely some sensational story. Of some explosion at some time that started a movement that started a, a church movement of love. The Holy Spirit is not merely a sound and light show of God's signs and wonders located somewhere else in history or in some other you know, gathering of people. The Holy Spirit is not limited to this dramatic activity of God. The Holy Spirit is real life in the real world. The power of God in the dirty mess with us. The real life help that we need. Not a cheat code, not a hack, but a real power. A real power to walk with us as a constant companion through the mess so that we come out pure. Holy Spirit is a constant companion. How about you?
You need some help? You need some help? There's a constant companion for you. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, we are grateful that you know us so well. You know our needs so well that you supply. You supply the constant companion and fill our needs that we might be pure and holy in your sight. Thank you for this gift. Amen. Amen. Let's now return to God our praise with song.
can continue uh, praising God through uh, generosity because, you know, we need to be generous. That's what love is all about. It's about generosity. And one of the ways you can do that and share generously with the community of faith known as New Horizon is through the online giving and the giving portals that you have uh, that are available through our website and, and other uh, locations. And also, you know, you can drop it off here uh, in our fa- at our facility anytime. I pointed that way because that's where our boxes are over there. Um, but uh, return to God, God's praise and God's love. Return it to God's people and love first and love generously and share with generosity because, you know, God made us to do that. And so share with God's love and God's gift. Go now with this uh, blessing and this assurance that God has loved you so much that God has not left you alone in the mess of this world, in the dirtiness of this world, in the brokenness of this world, but that God has loved you so much that God sent His only Son. And His only Son gave you a constant companion in the Holy Spirit to walk with you in this journey of life and making you filled with love to share with others. Go now and share generously in that love. Amen. Amen. Our God is greater. Our God is greater.